Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 20, beginning in verse 17. While going up to Jerusalem, Jesus took the 12 disciples aside privately and said to them on the way, See, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified, and on the third day he will be raised. This is the third prediction that Jesus has made regarding his own crucifixion. We have seen this initially in chapter 16, verse 21, and then we see it again in chapter 17, verses 22 through 23. And so this is the third time. And each time, chapter 16, 17, and now 20, Jesus adds more details on. He talked about his uh, being, being killed by the elders and the scribes and the teachers of the law, chapter 16. He adds on in verse 17 the fact that he would be betrayed to that end. And now in chapter 20, the additional detail is the fact that he's going to be mocked, he's going to be flogged, he's going to be crucified. And now the Gentiles are also implicated into this. Some of the, some of the initial uh, negative feedback, the hatred for Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, was that it was anti-Semitic. But if you actually know the story, you actually watch the movie, you see that, uh, man, the Gentiles were the ones, it was a Gentile death. It was, uh, there, there's nothing in Mosaic law or even in the Talmud that describes crucifixion. It was the Roman punishment that killed Jesus. The Jews brought, they, the Jews worked busily to try to bring it about, but the Jews and the Gentiles together did this, that he would be handed over to the Gentiles to be mocked flogged and crucified that's new those are those are those are new details to the disciples in verse 19 so we're on our way to chapter 21 the triumphal entry uh, palm sunday that's where it takes place and that's just a few verses away from this point so matthew is a little bit chronological in this regard because you know you can't put you can't make prophecies like those and then <laughs> put their fulfillment before it in the, in the narrative. So he's telling them what's about to happen. We're coming up on the, the final days of Jesus' life on earth. I know that we're 20 chapters in to a 28-chapter book, and uh, the past several chapters have all spanned a long time, right? But we're about to, in the, in the last chapters, cover just a matter of days. Okay, over just eight chapters. The end of Jesus' first earthly ministry is pivotal, and everything comes to a climactic fulfillment, but it's not over. We know that there, Jesus has more ministry to do. So they're going to Jerusalem. He pulls his disciples aside, and he tells them what's about to go down, what's about to happen. Look, we're going to Jerusalem. The Son of Man is going to be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes. They knew that. They will condemn him to death. They knew that. They will hand him over to the Gentiles. Okay, he, he, Jesus knew about Pontius Pilate. He knew about Herod. He knew about the mockery of a trial where he, like a ping pong ball, would just be bounced back and forth. Nobody wanting to get their hands dirty and actually do what the mob was trying to intimidate them into doing. So now the third, for the third time, the disciples have been told how he's going to die and that he's going to raise again. Every time in chapter 16, 17, and 20, he also tells them those words, and on the third day, he will be raised. So yet again, they were told what would happen before it happened, and yet every one of them, it was just lost on them. 
It was, it, they were completely aghast. They were adrift. You can see after even seeing the empty tomb, even Peter, for example, right, who, uh, who, who got, to the, got to the tomb after John. John was careful to include that detail, which I think is hilarious, that they're still thinking about it hard, all right? They're all, they're all thinking like, what's going on here? Did Jesus tell us numerous times that he would be crucified and mocked by the Gentiles and that three days later he would raise again? It, it takes the resurrected Jesus to tell them yet again after it's happened that it has happened. <laughs> so, wow, man, we as believers can be really hard-headed. But do you see, more importantly here, the sovereign hand of God at work? Jesus also obviously knew what was going to happen before it happened. That means that while he's going into Jerusalem and they're throwing the palm branches and they're saying, Hosanna, right? God come save, that he knows the same crowd. Many people in the same crowd are going to shout crucify later on. That means that while he's on trial and, and Pilate asks him the stupidest question in history, what is truth? The very same question being asked by culture writ large today, that it would end up with his crucifixion. He knew even while he's on the cross asking God the Father, why have you forsaken me? He knew that it would ultimately result in his resurrection and in his glory. So everything that happens from this point on, remember, based on the threefold predictions and prophecies of Jesus, that Jesus was a willing party to all of it. It changes your view of the crucifixion if you never considered that before. So store up these words in your heart as we move forward in the text. God's sovereign hand was at work through the betrayal, even the mockery, even the flogging of the Son of Man, because all of these things would give way to the resurrection.